You're listening to Muscles for the Masses, the podcast. We're covering muscles, of course, all kinds of movement, recovery, and fitness. I'm your host, Julie Reed. I'll bring information you can trust from new to you sources. Today, I'm chatting with Tori McKenzie. Tori is a former UVA sprinter. While at UVA, she became one of the ACC's top sprinters and was a member of the two-time record-breaking 4x1 relay team. It was at UVA that Tori found her passion and self-proclaimed safe haven, the weight room. Tori is currently finishing up her master's in exercise science and health promotion with a concentration in strength and conditioning at Florida Atlantic University. She has competed in and won two bodybuilding competitions with sights at getting her pro card. In this episode, Tori and I chat on what it was like to be a sprinter at UVA, how her views on strenuous strength training have changed now that she's on the other side of training, her bodybuilding program, and what it takes to pose correctly. Oh, and you don't want to miss what she has to say to someone or something coming to earth from another planet. You can find Tori on IG at TKenz Fitness, that's T-K-E-N-Z-Z-Z Fitness, or on her website at TKenzFitness.com. All right, Tori, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Why don't you give us some background on how movement was a part of your life growing up? Movement didn't really become a vital part of my life until I got involved in athletics. As a child, we didn't really focus much on movement. It was more so just do whatever the coach says. But when I went to UVA for college track, that's when I really got into like the biomechanical analysis for different movements. So we had a biomechanics coach that we worked with. And from there, I was just learning as an athlete. So I wasn't really thinking about how I would use it in the future. And then I came to FAU for graduate school. And I had Laura Canteri's class, which is exercise leadership. And we learned a lot of different things there. And I just so happened to get a graduate assistantship over the summer in which I'm working under her. And I'm helping teach those different movements that I learned the first semester when I was here. Nice. How did you get involved in track? Was that something that you started in middle school and high school? I started it officially in high school, but back when I was a little girl, probably around like seven or eight, I would always go with my cousins to track practices when she would compete. And I just did whatever they had going on. But I wasn't really thinking about actually competing at that time, which was something fun to do. And then my first day of high school, I ended up seeing the chemistry teacher who was also the track coach. And he looked at me and he's like, hey, like, you should come out for track. And I was like, I was already planning to. <laughs> We're both on the same page. And so it just ended up working out. I went my first year and I actually ended up being pretty good in a couple of events. And then we built on that next four years. And I ended up getting a scholarship to go to UVA. And what was that process like going from high school track to university track? Oh, it was extremely hard. I would say the training especially was really hard because in high school, you're just doing like little things. I had a coach who didn't run track. He ran cross country. So like his workouts weren't too bad. It was just little things to be in and out within like 45 minutes. Then you get to college where you're out on the track for three to four hours a day. You're doing the track workouts for a majority part of it, and it's very intense. But then you also have to add the component of the weight room because being a college track athlete, that's something that you're going to need to put you above the next person because it can help you with the different power and speed mechanics that you're going to need to get better every day. And so how did you determine what your events were going to be when you were at UVA? So I knew for a fact that I could not run long distance. (laughs) My coach in high school thought it would be funny to one day put me in the 800. And I actually did try, but it just turned out to be really bad. 
But prior to that, I also knew that this wasn't going to be my thing because like endurance, I guess because I never really practiced endurance because I was never good at it. But when it came to sprinting, like I, I could have a burst of speed and be really good. I could beat a lot of people with that. So I knew like this is what I wanted to focus on. And so when I went to UVA, one of the coaches I worked with, he wanted me to be a short sprinter, which is the 100 and 200 and then the 60 for indoor. I used to long jump as well, but he cut all my other events just to focus on those two. And I ended up being pretty good at those as well. What accomplishment are you most proud of when you were at UVA? My most proud of accomplishment would be being a part of the 4x1 team. My junior year when we broke the record, well, actually it was my sophomore and junior year because we broke it twice. But <laughs> the sophomore year was the best because that was the first time we ever broke it and it had been years since that record had been broken and we actually made it to regionals that same year for that event like what's the major difference between running 100 on your own and then running the four by one with a group of other athletes running 100 on your own like you're still really competitive like you want to be good for yourself but then when you're a part of a four by one like you're a part of a team so you want to be better for everybody else as well and especially when you have a lot going for you too, like we knew we could be good. So we knew like we wanted to press further and further to be better and like try and get further than we've ever been before. Like going to regionals was something that wasn't like anything that had happened since I had been there. So like that's one thing that we really focused on trying to do. And when we did it, like it was really great. And then at that point, like, being a team, you know, like, we're like, all right, we didn't made it this far, so we're bound to be able to go further than this. Like, you have to have that team component, like, pushing each other in practice, pushing each other in the weight room, because if you're stronger and then the next person is stronger, put you all together, you're bound to do something really good. You said that when you were at UVA, that's when you first started to really have an introduction to the weight room. What What's the difference for you between sprinting and lifting? And what is it about lifting that you love to do? I think I like the lifting so much because it didn't involve running. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I ran, I ran track for eight years. I loved it, but I didn't love the running component. I loved the competing component. So like the training for that was way harder. Like it took a lot to actually focus in and like, be able to be good, especially when like running wasn't like my thing. Mm-hmm. But then getting into the weight room, I knew that whatever good I did in the weight room was going to transfer over to the track. So it's going to make me better. So it kind of helped with the running component. But then also being in a weight room, is just like a whole nother, like it's a whole nother environment. You got the loud music going, heavy weight, like you just feel strong lifting all the different weights. Like, one of my favorite things was to squat because each time we squatted, like I got stronger and stronger. And I ended up leaving UVA squatting 365 pounds, which is another huge accomplishment for me. So would you say the squat's your favorite lift? Yeah, I would say that. I have a love-hate relationship with it. (laughs) Tell me more about that. So like if you've ever done a squat day and you know like one of those really intense days, you're going to leave and your legs are going to hurt so much. (laughs) Maybe not as soon as you leave, but the next day, you might not be able to walk. The first time I ever squatted heavy at UVA, going to the bathroom that next morning was torture. Like, your <laughs> legs are shaking, they're sore. You're like, I don't know if I'm going to make it down the stairs. It's just, like, that's the love and the hate relationship. 
right there. Yeah. So you're now at FAU getting your master's. Um, can you talk about that program and how you decided to go there after your undergrad? When I was at UVA, I wanted to be in the kinesiology program, but it's an extremely hard program to try and get into. And both times I applied, I didn't get in. So, like, I had kind of sat back on it, trying to decide, like, okay, should I still try and pursue it another way, or what can I do? And then I ended up finding FAU online, and I could start this program and, like, do the undergrad classes that were required before I started taking graduate classes, which is, like, perfect for me. So I waited for a long time after I applied to see if I was going to get in. And I didn't find out until the month before, like, classes were actually going to start because I actually got in, which I was really excited. But then again, I was really scared because I was like, I only have a month to get ready. I'm moving from Virginia to Florida. It's a lot. But it worked out for the better. I got here and I met a lot of good people. I'm in an environment where there's a lot of smart people in the exercise science field, just being in Florida. South Florida in general, there's a lot of people that I can network with to help me like get further in the field that I want to be in. And so like with me weightlifting and then having the track background, I can also bring my knowledge to different parts that we're going to be working on. And so it just became a really good fit for me. Is there a part of you that misses the sprinting work? I actually do miss sprinting. I don't miss the training for it because that was, yeah, that was tough. But I do miss sprinting, like, competing-wise. And sometimes I'll, like, go out in different workouts, and I'll actually have a running component where I'll do a few sprints and then go into the weight room, you know, just to get warm and everything. Like, I really like the feel of it. But that's just something that I'll just do, like, randomly now. It's not anything that's required of me. I think that's the best part about it from me. I don't have to wake up every day and go sprint multiple times like trying to make different times like it's nothing that I have to like really focus on trying to get better it's just something that I can do in my free time now. So right now though you're focusing primarily on some physique work how did you go from training for strength and speed to training for physique? I've always been a muscular child I was born with a condition called congenital generalized lipodystrophy and like I won't get into a lot of specifics because it's kind of complicated but I have a lack of adipose tissue and, like, fat tissue. And so, like, it was easier for me to build muscle. And so when I went to UVA and I was running track there, like, just being in the weight room, I started to blow up. Just from being at UVA, I put on at least 30 pounds of muscle, which was a lot. So by the time I ended, like, I was pretty built. And so I was like, okay, I don't want to sprint anymore. So, like, what can I do to, like, keep me in the weight room, but also, like, I can do something because my body looks good. <laughs> so, I got, so, like, the summer after I graduated from UVA, I made a post on Instagram asking about bodybuilding coaches, posing coaches, like, everything that, like, just trying to like, get my feet in the water. And I happened to come in contact with a guy named Cliff Wilson, who's my current coach. And he decides to take me under his wing and, like, teach me some of the stuff that he's been doing, get me involved with the team. And, like, just working with him, we got started almost right away. And it just turned out to be something really good. I competed in two shows, one in the NPC and one in the one of the natural divisions known as the NGA. And I won both of those shows. And we were really happy with, like, my look, 
We just know that we have to do a lot of building now for the upper body, but like I'm excited about it. Like I, I get to keep working and doing things that I like. I'm in a weight room, which makes it even better. So I don't have any complaints with it. Well, first, let me say congratulations. And then also good luck. Um, so you. how has your training changed? Like, give us an idea of what your week looks like in terms of training. So now more so, like I don't do any cardio really. Um, I'm more so, since I'm in a building phase currently, I just do like a lot of either, I have some days where I do a lot of volume. And then I'll have some days where I'll do like less volume, but more weight. And so like it's different from track because like you're training for strength and speed in track. So you have like days where you go really lightweight and just do certain things to make it really fast. But then you have your other days where you have like extremely heavy weight and you're doing something to like activate the power. Whereas in bodybuilding, you're really just focusing on building muscle. Like, of course, within that, you want to get stronger as well. But the main thing is like building muscle. If that's like something that you and your coach have decided that that's what your look needs. And that's where I'm at right now. Like my week would look like I'll have training five days out of the week. I usually spend maybe like two and a half to three hours sometimes in the gym, but mainly it's just two. And then other than that, uh, the biggest key is nutrition. And like, that's really hard for me because with my condition, like you want to eat a lot. And of course, like as a bodybuilder, you like, you want to eat a lot as well, but then I'm on a macro like cycle where I have to try and stay in certain macros. Sometimes it's hard because of like the different hunger that comes with the condition. But, like, I've, I found a good balance for the most part. And, like, it's been working out really well. So when you go to the gym, can you give us an idea as to, like, what your actual program looks like? Yeah. So um, maybe twice out of the week, I'll do a leg day. And so, like, I'll give you an example of one of my leg days. When I first started off, like, just building muscle, I did what's called GVOT. And so with that, you would have to do... 10 sets of 10 or 8 sets of 10 of different exercises. So I started with 10 sets of 10 squats, 8 sets of 10 leg extensions, and then 8 sets of 10 uh, leg curls. And then after that, I do like abs or something. When I first left, after doing that workout, <laughs> I, I was going to die. <laughs> the next few days, uh, it was so hard to walk down the stairs, and I'm not even exaggerating. Like I almost fell down the stairs twice in which my roommate was a witness to, which was really bad. <laughs> but, like, but I made it, and, like, I did it a couple more times, and, it, like, it was extremely hard. Like, I thought track training was hard, but some of the workouts that I had to do for bodybuilding were really challenging, especially the ones where it's a lot of volume, because with track, I didn't do a lot of volume. I more so did heavyweight or lightweight with light volume. So it's really different from that. And so, like, that's a leg day. And then, like, I'll have a day where I focus just on back and shoulder. And, like, the phase I'm in now is just, like, a power hypertrophy. So, like, some days I'll have lightweight, and then other days I'll have heavyweight. It's really dependent on, like, what the focus is of that day. But each day of the week is dedicated to something different. So, like, I'll go legs for Monday, back for Tuesday, and then, like, Wednesday off. And then, like, Thursday I'll do, like, shoulders and arms. And then Friday, I'll do, like, chest. So it all switches up, like, each week. 
And then, so right now you're in a building phase. How does that change? How does your, how do your cycles change before you get into or closer to competition? So I would say a building phase is more relaxed because I'm more focused on just getting bigger and I can basically eat as much as I want because my macros are pretty high just for putting on muscle. Um, but then like once you get out of the building phase is when you start really preparing for a show. And that's like you're cutting. And that's pretty pretty intense because one, you're like you don't cut down all of your carbs, but like a lot of that gets cut. And for me that's hard because like carbs are my life. <laughs> <laughs> but like when you get ready to cut those different things, it becomes challenging because one, you still have to work out, but then you have to think about because you're cutting your different carbs and everything, your energy's gonna be low. So mm-hmm. that became that became pretty challenging for me. But I would say that's like the biggest part because other than that, I was just excited to be able to be doing another show, honestly. And so it sounds like a lot of the change is in nutrition, not necessarily in what you're doing at the gym. Yes, exactly. So you talk about practicing posing on your IG page. Tell me a little bit more about that. It looks really intense and difficult. Do you work with a coach? How do you start to feel the poses more so that you know that you're doing the right thing? Well, just tell me everything about it. Okay, so like for posing, I ended up finding a coach through Instagram again. Instagram is like great for all that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, I work with a lady who goes by Chula Fitness. Um, when we first started working together, we worked primarily online because she's located in New York. And so... The hardest part about posing is holding the pose, honestly, because you don't know how long the judges or like whoever is calling out everything is going to hold you in that pose. You can be staying in a pose for like a minute. And like, if you think about it, you're contracting all of your muscles to flex to look like your best physique and you have to hold that for a whole minute. You have to practice some cardio to do that. Yeah. But the thing about posing is some actual poses will come naturally. And then some of them, like you really have to focus in on muscle control, which one that I always struggle with is my back pose. I can't get my lats to fire out. Like it's clear you can see that I have some lats. They're not as big, like, which is why we're like trying to build that up right now. But you can see that I have lats. But when I get ready to do my pose, it's almost like they disappear because I haven't learned the correct technique of like, learning how to fire that particular muscle to make it pop out enough for it to be seen. And so like really the main thing with that, or like since I've been talking to different people and like my coach is like learning that muscle control. Like you have to get in touch with that muscle and like try and fill it out and just keep practicing, keep practicing, keep practicing and just like look at videos, look at yourself in the mirror, like see what you're doing wrong. And like holding it. Just trying to see, like, can I hold this? Can I hold this pose for a certain amount of time? Am I doing the pose correctly? Like, get a second set of eyes to see, like, have somebody watch you, record you, send it to your coach, go back and forth, see, like, what they might say to help you. Like, it might be something else they'll be able to help you. And then I think it also comes from like learning how to do certain lifts when it um, when it comes to like actually seeing that muscle pop too. So like I've talked about working on my back. Like the certain lifts that I do, I have to make sure that I'm doing the correct exercise because if I'm not doing it correctly, 
then when it comes to trying to do the pose, my muscles might not pop because I wasn't targeting that muscle the correct way. And so it's a lot that goes into it. And like, it's just something that you have to be willing to work on if you want to be good in the sport. And so it sounds like you could have a whole workout consist of practicing your posing. Oh, yeah. Even after like a regular gym workout, I spent like 30 minutes to an hour just posing. And that's like cardio and flexing the whole entire time, holding different poses. Like it's something that you have to like dedicate some time to. I have only ever tried posing one time for a very brief amount of time during one workout. And it is, it's so fatiguing. And is it, do you attribute that to just because it's a long held muscle contraction? Yes, exactly. That's what I contribute to. Because like, if you have no practice of that, like if if it's not something that you do often, of course it's going to fatigue you. Even if you like, you've done it for a while, and you end up holding it a little bit longer than usual, that's going to be fatiguing as well. So what does the future hold for you in physique training versus strength training versus maybe something totally different? I'm not quite sure, like, where I want to go with this, how long I want to be involved. Like, for now, I just like doing it. Um, I'm going to focus on it for a while, hopefully, because I want to get a pro card, so I'll have a chance to go into either the natural Olympia or if I cross back over into the NPC, I would like to make it to the Olympia stage one day and <laughs> say I did it, you know? Like, yeah. of course, like, if I made it there, I want to do well. But, like, I just want to have fun with it and, like, enjoy what I'm doing. I also want to use, like, what I've learned within bodybuilding and, like, what I'm learning in school to help other people outside of, like, the competitive world. Like, we just want to get their fitness in check. So, like, I want to use my physique training to help somebody else feel good and look good in their body. And then like my strength training, I want to help. I want to use that to help somebody like feel stronger. Like anything I can do to help the next person be a better them is something that like I get joy out of doing. And so what kind of client would you, would you love to work with? Is it general population? Is it athletes? Is it a mix of all of that? I think it would more so be a mix. I would like to work with athletes, mainly like athletes who want to get involved with track just because that's more of what I know. And like the speed and different stuff is like something that I've like focused on within grad school and like the different internships that I've done. Like I've worked with different speed coaches. Like that's something that I would like to help different kids, like at least try and run track in high school, get them better so they could have a chance to get a scholarship or something. But then I'd also like to work in general population because like, I feel like anybody in general pop can use some help. And if they want to come to me for it, like, I'm not going to turn them down. I always <laughs> want to be there to help the next person like be better. Like, If you want to be better, then I'm happy for you. Let's get together and make this something that like we can work towards. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So on your Instagram page, you post a lot of what you're learning at FAU. What is one of your most interesting classes? I want to say just this past Tuesday, we did uh, some barefoot work, which was really fun. When I first got here back last August, uh, we did one with Dr. James Spencer. He ran it then. And like we used two by fours to walk across, like without any shoes on or anything, just basically 
waking our feet up, which is something that's important when it comes to deadlifting and just in general, like having the like use of your feet filling with different surfaces feel like just so your feet knows like how everything is. And so like this past this past Tuesday we had the different students come in and do it and it was funny to see how they reacted so walking across the uh, two by fours, like with their eyes open, with their eyes mm-hmm. closed, dribbling a tennis ball, having somebody toss a tennis ball to them, and then also like throwing the tennis ball up against the wall. They really enjoyed it. And like when they enjoy something, like it makes the whole class as a whole fun. That sounds really interesting. So now that you have a greater, or I would say a wider knowledge of strength training, looking back at your collegiate weight room experience and the time you spent on the track, do you view it differently than when you were in it as an athlete? I do. I have more respect for like what I, what I've learned and what they were teaching us back then. Like I was just an athlete. I was just doing what you said. And I don't know if I was doing it right. But at that point it was kind of like, I won't say it wasn't like I didn't care, but I just didn't focus on the specifics of the movement. Whereas now, since I've actually learned for myself and taught, like I would go back and fix a lot of different things that I did back as an athlete. Because it probably, like, nine times out of ten, it would have made me a lot better than I was. So how would you instill that information into future athletes that you work with? I think I could use my experiences to, like, shine on what they're doing and, like, let them know that I've been in their shoes and just like help them realize that this is something that's going to make them better. I had a coach, like he was a really good coach, but he had never ran track before. So it was hard for me to actually pay attention to what he was saying, do and all those different things because he had never did it before. So I feel like if I'm working with track athletes, I can be that person to let them know, like I've been there, I've done this before. I know what's going to help you, what's going to, make you better and then I also have like different videos and things from my time back running track and then from my time now which they could like look at and view and they could actually see the changes like because some people learn visually so I feel like all of my experiences in that way could help them. So we're coming up towards the end of the podcast is there anything else that you want to talk about with in relation to either bodybuilding nutrition or your time and what you're learning at FAU? Uh, I just want to say one thing, like if you ever were to get into bodybuilding, mm-hmm. I would say find someone who actually like really know what they're talking about. Look at the people they've helped coach, look at their roster, like wins when it comes to that, like how they treat their athletes. Because you have a lot of people out here who like aren't doing that well for the community. They do things a certain way and it puts your health at risk which is the, you want that to be like not one of your problems. You want your health to be great when it comes to competing in something like this. And then as a whole, I really don't have too much to say other than like follow me on Instagram. Like I'll post plenty of videos about different movements, different exercises that I'm learning. I just started my own little fitness slash personal slash online training business so you can check that out i have a website at seekinsfitness.com you can check that out it has a little bit more of my story on there for people to view 
Tori, I have to say, I love your Instagram. That's one of the reasons I asked you to be on this podcast. It is really informative. So you do an amazing job. I love it. Um, Thank you so much. Yeah. So I actually want to go back to what you said about bodybuilding coaches. Do you feel comfortable talking about what the ones who aren't doing things that are healthy for their clients? Like what, what is that? What do you mean by that? What are they doing? Yes. So like you hear a lot of, uh, you hear a lot of competitors talking about like cutting carbs way too early, which the carbs, as uh, most people know, like that's a huge energy source. So, like they'll cut carbs way too early and like that depletion for so long, if you're in the, a depletion for more than like six weeks, that's really not healthy at all. And then you have people who are trying to cut water like over a week in advance before their show date, which is not good at all. And then one of the biggest things that I've seen overall, just from the people that I follow on Instagram, the different coaches that I follow, is you'll have some competitors whose coaches will have them diet for most of the year to do like shows every three or four months, which especially as a woman is not that healthy because your hormones are going to be imbalanced. And that's not something you want because you're more than likely going to have health problems in the future. And Myself, like when I was at UVA, I had a degree in women and gender studies. And so that's something that I've been like really passionate about, just helping women within fitness in general and athletics, like be a better them. And then also like just keeping things in check, like not letting different things affect how we like will do certain things. Like when it comes to sports, fitness, any of that. Like, we don't want anything to put our health at risk, but we also still want to be the best we can be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, those are great. I think it's really valuable to put out there the things to not look for and also the things to look for, but these are some of the things that you have seen as unhealthy in the industry. Yes. So I do have some lightning round questions for you. These are questions that I'm asking every guest. What is the most memorable thing that you've ever eaten? Oh, okay. So there's this place back at home in Chattanooga, Virginia. It's called Bubba's Ice Cream. They have a hot fudge cake. Oh, oh my goodness. So like, it's like this huge cup. And so you have ice cream and then you have this chocolate cake and then you have hot fudge and then you have more ice cream and then they layer it up like three times. And it is so, so good. I only can really have it during my off season which is fine because like I only get to go home like once or twice since I've been in Florida anyway. But like if you're ever in the Danville slash Shadow, Virginia area, it's really small. But if you happen to visit that area, you have to check it out. I will definitely do that if I'm ever there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What are the three, what are three people books or podcasts that have been influential to you? Um, I'm going to go with three people, which would be, my mother, my oldest sister, and then probably my grandma, just because, like, how they raised me, and then, like, the things that they've instilled in me, how they always supported me and pushed me to follow my dreams, just watching my sister, like, go and do her own thing as I was growing up, following into her footsteps, like, not so much, like, the direct path, but just seeing, like, how special she was, she was. And like making me want to go and do the same thing. And then my grandma as a whole, because she just keeps the whole family going. She's always there for support. Anything that I need, she's always there, listening ear. 
she's just been amazing. If someone came to Earth from another planet, what is one thing you'd tell them? Don't change anything about yourself because we have so many people out here who want to be like the next person or like try to look like the next person, try to do the same thing they're doing. And I just don't think it's worth it. Like, I feel like it's so much better and so like fun being your own person. Like you're different from everybody around you. Like nobody can say like, oh yeah, I'm just like her because we have this, that, and a third, you know? Like there's something about me that stands out that you don't have. So I want to keep that quality about myself. What a great answer. Tori, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to Muscles to the Masses, the podcast. To support Tori, check out her IG at TKens Fitness or her website at tkensfitness.com. That's T-K-E-N-Z-Z-Z fitness.com. If you'd like to support the show, leave us a review on iTunes, tell a friend, or buy a butt bag at musclestothemasses.com.